If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Welcome back to Mind Pump. Please subscribe to our awesome show um, so you can hear some of these uh, uh, incredibly informational topics. And Is it some- really awesome, though? It's it's pretty awesome. It's it's, it's it's I've been told it's Howard Stern meets fitness. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I know I go right for the fucking top, huh? I've been yeah, told right. we're a lot like the fucking number one guy. Right. Pretty much. Time. So we're speaking to the four of you that are listening to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I want? You know what? You know what subject I want to go into? So one of us sitting here um, had uh, it had an experience uh, what a, maybe a week or two ago um, on a stage where, where is he going oh okay yeah so Adam <laughs> okay, experience Adam just that compete. cancels me out yeah <laughs> Adam just finished co- uh, competition physique for the first time he was on the Olympia stage not the Olympia stage what was it the uh, no, we were down at. Uh, um, God, what a dick! He was doing his first pro performance. His first pro. That's what I meant. Competition. It was, it was my pro debut. Isn't yeah. Your yeah. pro de- debut. Sorry, yeah, I got I got confused. <laughs> hey, from- it's right to the Olympia. I'm not, I'm not where your mind's at. Though. That's the, that's where I'm trying to go to. That's where. That's so you goal. just competed in your first pro competition yes, as my- a physique competitor. Correct. So what's that all about? So I've I've been to competition. I've watched them. But I want to know what it's like backstage. I want to know what okay. it's like with the other competitors. Who puts the oil on you? Yeah. Okay, do, you so, do you get afraid of getting well, a boner on stage wearing so, little bikini tights? First of all, let's start about men's okay. physique has only been around uh, since 2012. I believe. Why did they create men's physique? Okay, that's a great that's a great question. Too. Why not just bodybuild? So bodybuilding has uh, uh, oh, okay, it had a peak, right? So after Arnold. There was this huge flux of new fans. Before that, I mean, bodybuilding has been around forever, right? I mean, you would know the probably the beginning even better than I would. So it's been around forever. Um, but during Arnold Schwarzenegger time, uh, he was the first like personality. Schwarzenegger's that, like Jesus. He is. He is yeah. He is. So like it's like BC AD like yeah, before Christ. That, absolutely. And we're like Schwarzenegger time. <laughs> yeah, we exactly. know exactly when that happened. It's kind of neat that we were there before, right? Or we were there afterwards. And yeah. we got to see it happen. We were, you know kids growing up when it was uh, when it was going on right so anyways um what happened was you saw it, it grew right now now it became uh, commercialized now it was it was kind of cool thing to do before you were like a circus act you were weird yeah you were you weird were. if you did things like that well now uh you know after arnold it, it became kind of hip but then it got to the point where bodybuilding got so extreme that in the last 10 years you've actually seen a decrease um, and just viewers and uh, magazine subscriptions. So what do you and, mean by extreme? I mean, I know what you mean by extreme, but there's going to be some listeners that. So, okay, perfect example. Arnold Schwarzenegger was, you know, massive of his time. Arnold Schwarzenegger would get his ass kicked and handed yeah. to him by Phil Heath and by Jay Cutler and some of your uh, ex-Olympians now. He so. was what? When, on, on stage, I think he was what? 6'2", 230 pounds? Yeah. Shredded like or yeah. lean, I should say, lean. Yeah. Uh, if you're six two now on stage, oh, you need to weigh like two eighty. Yeah, yeah, right. So right? okay, and and what's happened is, uh, and it's it's not the bodybuilder's fault, right? Because it's what the view, what uh, the audience wanted to see was that we want. It was always cooler to see the next big guy, you know, the bigger guy who was bigger, who was bigger, and it turned into this whole thing now where these guys have to take so much hormones to to get to that size. And and it's hormones by the way in in bodybuilding have been around since the beginning of time also. All mm-hmm. those guys, those those people that, it's funny too, so those people think that Arnold Schwarzenegger was all natural and no. <laughs> what? everybody took hormones in bodybuilding. No, the first Mr. Olympia, Larry Scott 
he took uh, Dianabol. He had my, yeah, and that's they the used first, to be, yeah, yeah, they used to be able to get it prescribed from their doctor. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, it, and so, anyways, um, you've just now seen now time that they've just taken it to the next level and they're continuing because they're honestly, we don't have any, anything that shows that taking these crazy amounts of testosterone have any long-term effects. We don't have anybody that's been taking them this for, Mm -hmm. you know, grams of, of synthetics on a weekly basis for long periods of time. We don't have any generations to show how dangerous it could be. And all these guys tend to be living and being fine. So you just see them continuing to push the limits Mm -hmm. and get further and further and further and get crazier and crazier. And it's gotten so crazy that it's shrunk the 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 amount of people that are interested in yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a cult yeah, sport, a small for, group of hardcore fans, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, because you got yeah you got to be you want to get crazy like that too. But a, a majority of the population, I think, and I know this was a long winded answer for what you just asked me um, it, with the whole men's physique, but this is why it, I believe, and I'm pretty sure uh, it's it has evolved, is because the physique look is a much more obtainable look. You could actually be a natural guy and get that physique. Mm-hmm. Now do a lot of people still use oh absolutely, but you can you it's an obtainable it's more it's more um uh what's the word uh, realistic commercial Co- cover yeah. worthy yeah. commercial. Yeah, well it's yeah. it's it's more appealing. It's more appealing to the average Yeah, cuz the average woman, especially the average woman looks at a pro bodybuilder, what are the first thing they say? Oh, gross. Yeah. Ew, no, yeah, gross. you saw that shift where where women are just like, oh that's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, they're mortified He's by humongous. it too. So, and there still is a small percentage of people that disagree, but it's very small. And mm-hmm. so, by going to men's physique, it's a much broader population. That so, we, do they judge differently? Then I'm assuming. Oh yeah. In fact, my second. So, if you're too big, you. My second show. Okay. So, okay, my very first show that I ever did um, was the first time I'd ever pushed my body that extreme. I got extremely ripped. I was, you know, two percent body fat at maximum. Uh, and I was just shredded to the bone. Well, when I came up on stage, the the judges told me that I was uh, too conditioned, and I, wow. okay, I was trying too hard. And I was like, "Oh crap! I was too too ripped." So, my second show, I decided, "Okay, I'm going to come in a little fuller and a little softer." You know, so I bumped up the calories. I came on stage. I hit stage about eight to ten pounds heavier. And that show, I didn't even place in the top five. This is the previous show, I, I'd finished fourth and second place. And then this show, I, I finished in sixth place. Then he cracked the top five. And the response I got from the judges was, I was too big. I was like a bodybuilder. Oh. So literally eight pounds difference of me putting eight to 10 pounds on Very my Very objective frame. Uh, information yeah. they're giving it, you there. It yeah. is. It is. <laughs> and, and, you know, we could, I could, we could talk a whole other episode just about yeah. all that stuff too. But, you know, overall, what they're trying to do, the image they're looking for is they don't want to start to creep into bodybuilding. So if you start to look too bodybuilder-ish where you look mm-hmm. bit, and by bodybuilder-ish. And you don't even pose when you're on stage. You don't flex. You don't do back double biceps. I mean, you don't do- so men's physique, this is it. When you get out there, we have like a, a little walk, you know, and it mm-hmm. reminds me of what a, a tea walk is for women for their bikinis. You walk out and then you come out in a little tea and you do your little turns. You, mm-hmm. let, them, you, let, you let the judges see you from the front, the side, the back, and you turn back and you wave and you leave. Right. And you blow them a kiss. Yeah, yeah, I do that. That's right. <laughs> do you that's, really? That's my move. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Justin's, at least Justin's watched one of my shows. I, I have. I was there. <laughs> so, Support this guy. Uh, so, you know, um, that that is how it works. And if you get to a point where, like I said, you get too big. Now, especially at the uh, amateur and the national level. Now, at the professional level, uh, the way they look at it is the typical guy takes a few years to be able to even make it to the, the professional level. And by that time, he's got a lot of muscle maturity. He's put some time on the iron, mm-hmm. and so they expect the size the size of the guy to be a little bit bigger. So you can definitely have. Uh, I, I was def- uh, normally I'm used to being the biggest guy on stage, 
and more concerned about uh, looking too big mm-hmm. uh, next to my other competitors where I looked like an average guy with the professional level. Mm-hmm. The professional level, um, there was a couple guys that were much larger than me. Most guys were built similar as far as muscle size. So who oils you up? I'm honest to God. I've always wanted to know. <laughs> so this. there's 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 always like a a company that is, uh, and I forget the name of the company that was just here done. Okay, I'm gonna Google it. What uh, <laughs> they and there there's there's normally a couple girls, probably three or four girls that they have their rubber gloves on and they got this little spray thing and they they call it glazing. So you get glazed before you hit stage. <laughs> That's what it's like don't, don't Google glazing. <laughs> yeah. Don't Google girls and glazing at the same time. I promise you, you're not gonna find. Girls that oil guys in the body. So I'll tell you, be something that was not my, my weirdest experience. If you want to talk about glazing, getting ready for a show, and you know my whole. <laughs> so here was the weirdest one. So check this out. So this is the first time. Um, now I've tanned before in a tanning salon. I've even done the little automated spray tan things, right. but I've never had somebody spray me. Oh, okay, that airbrush. Yeah. yeah. Airbrush so I've tanning. never been airbrush tan before. So let me tell you my first experience with that. So I go to my first show. And it's in Sacramento. And I go through a company that is off-site of there. So most all shows, they have one company who comes in and he's, they spray a lot of the competitors within the location. But then if you want to save a couple bucks or maybe you know somebody else who you like the way they tan or their formula better, you can tan outside. There's nothing that mm-hmm. says you can't do that. So I, I typically, I like to do my own thing. I don't like to be where everybody else is. It's just I like to be the guy who's kind of... Mm-hmm. doing my own thing right so i so i'm i'm signed up with somebody else to go do this well i get the address of the hotel that i need to show up to get spray tan so i get there and i come walking up and i'm already thinking okay I, you're in short so i'm i'm probably gonna be naked you know so i need to be tanned everywhere and with that so i'm gonna i'm gonna sh- make sure that i'm either that or have some really small bikini the breeze. listeners are listening right. Yeah. <laughs> so i get uh i get in i walk into this hotel room and i kid you not there is there's 15 dudes ass naked just standing around in a little, you know, single, single room. I mean, the thing, right. it's no bigger than the living room we're right. in right now. And we're all standing next to each other. Everyone's naked getting ready. And they're just like pumping dudes through to get tan. Well, after you get sprayed, you can't just put your clothes on. No, you got to wait for it to dry. You got to wait for it to dry. So, so you're in line. You're in a naked I'm line. In a, and I'm in a tight this, You know what this room. sounds like? So let's just picture this. Right? <laughs> right. A bunch of really lean dudes <laughs> nude in a line waiting for something. Yeah. This sounds like a, like a horrible Japanese porn. Wait, 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 wait. The music in the background was like, <laughs> <There's> wow. A, <laughs> yeah, there was no music. And you guys are warming up while you're, while you're in line? So it, it, the, talk about the most awkward thing was, you know, and you've, I played sports my whole life, so I'm used to showering around other dudes and do that. That's not the weird part. The weird part is just, is the normally when you're doing that right when you after when a football, one of the dudes which, at you right which, no no weird. no but we you know when you played sports you you shower you dry off you put your clothes you don't stand around naked naked talking to each other you know what I'm saying <laughs> and there's nothing else it's more awkward not to talk because you're standing almost shoulder to shoulder like, bro like, check out my flex so yeah yeah you're looking at each other and you're like hey you look pretty good hey, yeah you look good too man hey you work hard yeah oh yeah well, who put your diet to you? oh you just, and you got all this small talk standing there ass naked looking like a brownie you know what I'm saying like it's just a weird weird <laughs> that was my first experience. So so I I I had zero interest to compete, and now I have yeah, less. I think you've confirmed. Now I even have less <laughs> interest. Like I didn't have any real interest to compete, and now I <laughs> fuck no whatever to think about competing. Yeah, so that was my, my very first show was like that, um, and it was quite the experience. And, so so but for phys- so, so comparing physique to bodybuilding because I grew up following bodybuilding. I loved bodybuilders. Um, uh, you know their routines. Of course, I wanted to build muscles, and at the time, that's. Those are the guys that you followed, you listened to. This was during the time of Dorian Yates. 
um, which of course I think is the most badass Mr. Olympia of all time, probably because he was Mr. Olympia at the time I was, you know, mm. really into it. Um, but nonetheless, are the workouts different then? Are, do, do physique competitors train differently than the bodybuilders or oh, is the wow. big difference really just about the amount of hormones that they take <sighs> and the fact that they take more extremes? Well, I think, I think as a generalization, I think, uh, it would be the hormone thing. I mean, because so the workouts are pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, I think typically everybody does whatever they read in muscle and fitness. I think I, I think that's why I'm a little bit unique and different. It's also why those that are listening, that are friends or buddies of mine that lift and other competitors, why here's here's my thing. Like, I don't like to lift with other people. I am an all by yourself guy, yeah. and I've always been that way. And a lot of that is because I don't. Whenever anybody asks me, like, oh, how do you train? You do what you train these days? This I don't have this split or full body routine or this like program that I follow, which not to say that I haven't followed programs and done that before, but I'm constantly, especially now, like I'm into physique, I'm constantly uh, critiquing my physique and looking at its weak points um, from a symmetry standpoint. And I'm addressing uh, muscles that I think I need to develop more Mm -hmm. to balance my body out. So does that mean sometimes I work shoulders in a week three times? Absolutely. Does that mean sometimes I go two to three weeks with not even touching my arms? Absolutely. Does that mean sometimes I work my calves out four times in a week? Absolutely. Now, does that mean I always do that? No, not necessarily. I'm I'm always looking and always changing and and I'm addressing that workout according to what I need and also feeling my body out. If I'm extremely still sore from my leg workout two days ago, even though I'm still trying to develop my legs, I might not quite hit my legs Mm -hmm. yet until I feel fully recovered to hit them. Or maybe Mm -hmm. my quads are really sore, but my hamstrings aren't. Maybe I'll hit hamstrings and I'll couple it with my biceps today. You know, Mm -hmm. like I do that on the fly constantly. Well, you know, I find that most uh, uh, gym rats or guys that work out in the gym and I see Justin nodding his head because he's probably on the same page as me. Um, most of them follow splits. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like day one is chest. Yeah. Day two is shoulders. Day three is... Oh, well, Monday's always chest. Monday's <laughs> chest day. Why do they start with chest day? Because it's Is there any fucking scientific reason? Yeah, yeah, it's fun to train. That's, That's the reason. Um, I, I think that, you know, um, you know, what I found just through my years of training um, clients is that uh, for most people to build, most, to build muscle, um, a full body routine is superior to a split. I think splits got really popular because... You know, of the anabolics that entered the fray. People started taking these anabolics, were super anabolic all the time, which means their body wanted to build muscle. And so it became more effective to beat the shit out of one muscle once a week and then focus on the next muscle, hammer it, and then let it rest mm-hmm. for a week. Whereas the average natural dude needs more frequent stimulation and maybe less intensity. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily want to work out just your biceps for an hour. I don't well, know what you think, Justin. Yeah, no. Well, that, like, as far as rest, and, and you brought that up, like, I remember the split routine being because I, I started out doing splits and that was like the thing that was like, you know, programmed to me. Um, I just remember going through and destroying the chest with like 10 different exercises mm-hmm. and just like completely annihilating it. And then what? You know, you can't it just completely obliterates you. Uh, and then all your synergist muscles at the same time, like my triceps and, you know, shoulder shoulders and everything were all burned out. And so this is other programming issues when then you go do like an overhead press or something like that, like the next day or so, you know, me personally, I definitely started to go into more of a total body, um, you know, workout and that just just the frequency of it. I've seen a lot better results as far as functionality, strength, um, size personally. But, you know, I mean, it, it 
if you're taking anabolics and all these things, you 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 almost want to you know get get as much effort as you can into just destroying that one body part, and then you recover so fast. Well, I think right? it just changes the way your body um, responds mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I, I don't think I don't think I would anabolic or non anabolic. I don't think I would change my my approach to how I still lift. I think that I think you're where you're about to go with it. I know where you're going is. I think it's a it's a good point, but I still think that the same the same science applies as far as uh, you know wh- why you would do f- your full bodies versus well you know you have the, the, the volume and if you look at like um, it, it, you look at non people who don't work out who have certain muscular body parts like a mechanic with muscular forearms for example or mm-hmm. a, a mail carrier with muscular calves they have a lot of frequent stimulation mm-hmm. um, rather than the once a week blast uh, of stimulation. And if you look at the way you know your body builds muscle because it's an adaptation response. There's really no that's why your body builds muscle. It's it's adapting to a particular type of stress. Well, if we look at all the systems of adaptation in the body, um, if and I've used this example before, if we use the skin for example, what's going to give you a better tan? If you go out and fry yourself once a week, or if you get a little bit of exposure every day. So it's that frequency of stimulation. I think that frequency principle that we've missed with modern workouts because we've replaced it with these splits where we beat the crap out of one muscle group. And so I did splits for years on myself mm-hmm. and I switched to a full body routine, old school, you know, Steve Reeves, you know, John, you know, Grimmick, you know, pre-steroid type workout and boom, I built more muscle. Um, I don't lift to failure. I stop, you know, a couple reps short of it and I don't do, you know, 18 sets for my chest. I might do five or six. Um, and the, here's the interesting thing too. When you do a full body routine, you do the same volume per week, roughly. Mm. You know, if you hit your chest once a week, you'll probably, probably end up doing more actually. Maybe, right? If you hit your that's chest. That's how I, that's how I do it. You know? Yeah. Well, most people, when they hit chest once a week, they might do on average 15 to 20 sets, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say 12 to 20 sets, 15 being the average. If I work out my chest three times a week and I'm doing five sets each time, it's the same volume but I'm getting three times a week muscle stimulation. And I think it's important to note that recovery can be completely separate from adaptation, from growth, from muscle growth. And if you don't believe me, do this test for the listeners. Go hammer your legs really hard with an insane workout (laughs) and then stay in bed for one week. Let them recover all you want. Don't move. Literally lay in bed or lay on the couch. I promise you'll be weaker the next workout. You'll recover but you won't adapt. So they're, they're, they're completely, they can be completely separate things. And this is where the frequency of stimulation uh, comes into effect, I think, with a full body routine. And it's not true for everybody. Look, some people, everybody responds a little differently to routines, but I found that more, uh, uh, more frequency with a little less intensity mm-hmm. and playing with those two things, you tend to get better results. I mean, I could take a client, a complete beginner, and I can have them do very easy squats mm-hmm. every day and they'll be fine. Or I can beat the crap out of them once a week and they'll be destroyed. You know, so it's, it's so I, I think that's a, a principle that we're kind of missing today. And I think if people started playing with that full body routine, I think you'd see a, a good a good chunk of people would discover that it's more effective for them. Well, I think it's uh, and you 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 probably do something similar to that. You're talking about instinctive so, training, right? Yeah, you go in and but so, I bet you train everything exactly pretty so, frequently. Yeah. So that's here's my thing, and, and I I think we're kind of agreeing on the same thing, just kind of different uh, approaches on it here because ultimately uh, things that are important for you know stimulating muscle growth is because you said our bodies are adaptation machines, and so 
Um, you're, you're throwing something at it, it's adapting to it. Then you throw a new thing at it, it adapts to it. And, and, and that's what you're constantly doing. And that's what's causing this growth. The other thing that it, that's directly related to that also is, is volume. Right. So, and it's probably, I think volume is the, the simplest and the most effective singular thing that can affect muscle growth. And what I, and the way you measure volume is sets times reps times weight equals your total volume on that. So if you looked back and just like a guy who does splits, like you said, who probably trains chest, let's just say once a week and he does 20 sets. Okay. He does 20 sets once a week. There's four weeks in a month. So he does a total of a hundred sets in an entire month. Well, somebody who does a full body routine three days a week. I mean, and he's my new total more volume. Oh yeah, right. significantly more volume. You'll you'll probably end up doing 150 to mm-hmm. 200, which is you're talking about a 50 percent to 100 percent increase. If you just simply increased your volume on specific, so those of you that are listening right now, if you took whatever in how you're working out right now and start tracking for the next you know month, if you can, you know at least two weeks, get an idea of your patterns and exactly what Sal's talking about, how many sets that you lift. And then figure out how many reps your weight and multiply that and get your total volume. And when you get your total volume on, let's just say, let's we're gonna use chest hypothetically. You get your your total volume on your chest over the next two weeks and uh, figure that out for the month. So let's just say for hypothetical reasons, it's you know ten thousand pounds that you lift every two weeks on your chest. So a total in the month, you do twenty thousand pounds. Increase that number by 15 to 20% and watch how much change you see. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Ad- adaptation comes from progressive. It's the underlying thing for what we're talking about, really. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, the volume definitely plays a, a major factor in that. I personally, too, like, I fluctuate my intensities quite frequently. Yeah. So that's something that keeps me uh, with the ability to recover uh, just for the simple fact that I'm not, you know, I, I might beat the shit out of myself, you know, one workout, but then the next one I'm still moving but I'm not at that high frequency, you know, I'm not at that high intensity rather. Well, I, you know, I found that a sore muscle, you know, if I go to the gym and my, cause oftentimes I'm still sore. I mean, I train my whole body three times a week and oftentimes I'll go in and I'll still be sore. But what I do is I reduce the intensity and it actually facilitates recovery and I get another muscle growth response. So just because you're sore doesn't necessarily mean you don't need to train that area. Many times it just means you can move it in a much uh, with less intensity. And in fact, you'll find that you recover. Well, I was going to say, watch yourself like, you know, go through that for weeks and see how sore you really get. I mean, uh, actual soreness like I, I feel when I'm doing a high intensity day is pretty much diminished. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think something that's important to say, though, to what you both you're pointing out, because you, you don't want someone to go to the extreme. I, there's also a fine line there, I believe, where if you... It, it let you let's say you hammer the shit out of your your chest and or your full body routine and your chest is extremely sore from that workout uh doesn't mean you can't do it again on Wednesday but if you're looking for mass maximum strength and growth in that area hammering it again no wouldn't be ideal moving it and getting a good a yeah. workout at a much lower intensity because then if you were to hammer it all the time then you're spending more time breaking down and and not getting right. enough adequate rest so rest and recovery is very very important now it's not as important as like i think a lot of supplement companies out there and a lot of a lot of the hoopla that you well, see what where, is rest and recovery i mean like is that just like sitting on your ass and and no not day, at right? all not so at all. You, i mean they have to understand that like rest and recovery can mean 
functional movements that just like you're just moving the joints in order to create lubrication in order to keep things stimulated more blood more oxygen going back to an area because really like yeah yeah blood and circulation is what helps you heal absolutely if you don't have that and you're not moving then you're not going to heal properly Mm -hmm. very good point and that's where i'm getting at is that you know how you train if you're going to train that way is important to you you know don't you don't take what we're saying that okay you it doesn't mean you can't go hit that muscle again because you're not super sore you don't want to be hammering it all the time i uh i think another common thing you say splits guys training to failure all the time that's oh like, that's the biggest mistake everybody think everyone yeah. that, and i think every set is to fail oh and yeah. i think and that's i a think mistake. instagram I, I always love blaming social media on these things because you know a couple buff dudes post it and then it becomes this thing beast mode and like <laughs> yeah. dude you're a pussy unless you're freaking just yeah. you know i puked and my workout was awesome yeah and i mean yeah. i tell you what a handful of dudes i've worked out with that are fit smart intelligent guys you know working out and that's how they always train i'm like dude like I, that's why I don't train with you or anybody else because mm-hmm. I don't train that way all the time. Does it mean I don't get after it sometimes? Hell yeah. There's mm-hmm. been many workouts I've been hugging a trash can afterwards because I wanted to break myself out. I wanted to shock the shit out of yeah. my system. But then I don't train that way all the time. I'm no, listening. you won't progress yeah. if you do that. No, yeah. I, I'll say this. I'll make this claim right now and I'm going to do this. Uh, 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 I'll say this just to get, uh, uh, I'm sure I'm going to piss off some people. But if you take 10 people, average dudes or average people, men and women, and you put... Uh, or you take 20 of them and you take 10 of them and you put them on a full body routine three days a week and the other 10 you put on a split. I guarantee you on average, the full body routineers will build more muscle, more strength and be more functional. They will look better and they'll get better results. Uh, eight out of 10 people, I will say, I will I will bet all day long on this. I'll put money on this. Eight, seven or eight out of 10 people will respond better to a full body routine that utilizes compound movements and focuses on the big motor, uh, big gross motor movements mm-hmm. versus your typical body part split all fucking day long, <laughs> especially if you're natural. Amen. Here's here's my one thing though. You got to 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 somewhat challenge that is that you take those same those same two groups of people that are uh, you have your one group of person that's doing the full body splits or the splits and the other person that's doing the full body routines. Each of them have been training that way for six months. You take the person who's on the full the full body workouts and you now show them splits on their body and then vice versa. What do you see? Well, I think within the first uh, maybe within the first month, you might see some change in both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I mean, that, that just that's just a change. I think if you kept them on the routine, you're just talking about variability. So, you're yeah, to variability is one. Uh, variability is definitely one. But I think if you kept them on the routine, I bet you the full yeah. body people. Because it's, it's the same. It's the same. But just, you stick you stick one. You, I don't know. You take one concept and you run with it. But then you shock the system yeah. like periodically. Right. You but there's so much you can change in yeah. a full body routine. There's so much you could do with the workout. Um, and and you you know and it's 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 funny. I I would say uh, one of the biggest mistakes people do make is they listen to the most ripped buff dude in the gym or in the magazine and that's the guy that they're going to listen to yeah. and i'm not saying that because adam's the most buff ripped dude <laughs> at the table no you should <laughs> you, you should listen to a guy like me because i'm i'm as buff as all those buff dudes and you don't see me in the gym half as much yeah. <laughs> as all the, those dudes are because the you just are, pissed off a lot of bro you, yeah, bro, you yeah. gotta get on the smith machine yeah, that's yeah. what that shit Fuck is you, adam Fuck oh, these people you. hella pissed off that's why that's why you should listen to me because yeah. man this motherfucker is never in the gym but he'd be looking like he's in the gym all the time <laughs> thank Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.